Night so what are you doing? You're one of the bleepers that needs this. <laughs> <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Hey, cool thing we got going on again. Join Steve Scafidi to highlight the heroes around us who keep us safe. WTMJ's Salute to Service, presented by Educators Credit Union. Know of a serviceman or woman deserving of this award, you can nominate that person on our website, WTMJ.com. You fill out the form, explain why this person deserves recognition. Registration stops on May 12th, so we need more nominations right now. It's Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service right here on WTMJ. Name you here from time to time here, Melanie Ricks. Not only a personality on 1017 The Truth, but you probably see her at Pfizer Forum. If you go to Bucks games, she's the in-game host for your Milwaukee Bucks. And Mel is Libby Collins' guest on WTMJ Conversations this weekend. They talked a little bit about the Bucks' collapse in the playoffs. You mentioned Game 4. You really felt a change. Yes. And we know now mm-hmm. that Coach Bud had lost yes. his brother just hours yes. before that game. Was there anything that you saw that you thought to yourself, boy, this just doesn't seem mm-hmm. normal? I could just feel that there was a shift and I didn't understand what was causing it. I never want to be the kind of person who says someone wants it more or they're not trying hard enough because who are we to say that? I always believe that that person, that individual, that team gave it all that they could. And so when what we were giving wasn't enough, I'm like, there's something else going on because I'm like, we're better than this Miami Heat team, but we were playing as if we didn't feel that way. And so I could tell that there was something missing. A lot more from Mel when she joins Libby Collins Sunday at 11 on WTMJ Conversations. Prosperity preachers promise health, wealth, and happiness. However, followers of Christ should expect just the opposite and not be surprised. Jesus said, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Dr. Michael Ziegler with a message titled Sojourn, this week on The Lutheran Hour. The Lutheran Hour, Sunday mornings at 6.30 on WTMJ. Grandview buys homes. Hi, I'm Tom Delich, here to tell you Grandview will buy your home in any condition. Water damage, mold, cracks in the foundation, not a problem. Electrical issues, bad roof, peeling paint. We've seen and bought them all. Or maybe your home just hasn't been updated in 20 or 30 years. Grandview will buy your home too. Don't do a single repair. And best, take only the belongings you want and leave the rest to us. Sell your home as is today. Call the name you know and the name you trust. GrandviewHomes.com If you're looking for the finest of furniture finishing and heirloom restoration, by golly, it's Malali. Malali Furniture Finishing and Repair. Serving everywhere. Quality counts. M-U-L-L-A-L-Y. Finishing.com. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Brewers squandered away a 4-0 lead late in the game on Thursday and a solid outing by Wade Miley as the Rockies rallied back to earn a three-game sweep over the Brewers on Thursday. 2-2 pitch. Ground ball through the left side and in the left field for a base hit. McMahon is in. Moustakis around third. He's headed for home. He's going to score. And the Rockies... Have a 6-4 lead. That lead would hold there for the Rockies. 9-6 the final there in Colorado. You can make it 4 
losses in a row for Milwaukee, their longest losing streak of the season. The Brewers now head to San Francisco for a weekend series with the Giants beginning tonight. First pitch is all set for 9-15. Corbin Burns is slated to be on the mound for the Brew Crew. Over to the NBA, where the Milwaukee Bucks have fired head coach Mike Budenholzer following the Bucks' early playoff exit this season against the Heat. Coach Bud led Milwaukee to its first championship in 50 years while winning nearly 70% of their games during his five-year tenure. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the Bucks are in no rush and looking to take their time in hiring his replacement. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I mean it. Yeah, no. I mean it. Yeah, no. I mean you know. Um. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, no. I mean that's. Yeah, no. I mean it's. So yeah, Bud started no, I mean, every just, you know, answer to about. a question. Yeah, Some no, would say I mean, this is too soon, group. Eric. But yeah, no. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. Some would. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> The uh, show is what it is. Hey, I'm sorry. I love the man. He brought us a championship. It, you got to respect him for that, at least. Uh, lastly, tonight over at Pewaukee Football Field at 6 p.m., the high school football jerseys of Derek and T.J. Watt will officially be retired. Pewaukee will retire Derek's number 20 uniform and T.J.'s number 16 uniform. Derek Watt joined Jen, Gabe, and Chewy over on ESPN Milwaukee earlier this week and credited some of his success to the competitive nature that began at an early age. Just growing up with brothers, we were always competitive. Anything we did in the backyard, playing sports, whether it was chores, I mean, we were always competing to see who could do things the fastest, the best. And yeah, when it comes to eating, we were eating multiple dinners every night, milkshakes, peanut butter jellies at you know in school, in between classes, things like that. So it was definitely a, a commitment to you know just trying to be the best that we could be. And, as I mentioned before, the event begins at 6 p.m. It is free, and the public is invited to attend. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean it. Yeah, no, I mean it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah. And now, another inside look at the planning committee for the King's coronation. May be most inappropriate, but that the opportunity must be seized. Would His Majesty consider wearing a garter belt? And and and, and would Your Highness perhaps have Her Majesty the Queen remove it in sort of a randy ceremony? And and uh, pardon me, but if I may, if I may, Her Majesty could then fling the belt into the assembled masses, making for quite a special souvenir. This has been another look inside the planning committee of the King's coronation. Still getting away with that bit for now. Because <laughs> it's right. funny. Okay, See? so here we are. Let's get I to it. it we got ourselves more coronation conversation. Well, it I like starts, that. Good segment. Yeah, coronation you. conversation. It starts in less than 24 hours. Charles and Camilla ride in the King's Procession, is what it's called officially, from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey. That is where they will be crowned, uh, king and queen. And the ceremony is going to take about an hour and a half. That's half the time that uh, Queen Elizabeth took for her ceremony back in 1953. Yeah, well, it will uh, be a lot smaller, really? 2,000 people or thereabouts in attendance rather than the 8,000 that she 8, had. 8,000 people were at the, for the wow. Queen's. Only 2,000 at this one, including, yes. Well, COVID. 
There know. will be, yeah, it's the it's COVID <laughs> thing. There will be some Americans there. This is what he was born to do, and I really do believe he and Camilla are soulmates, and I'm happy for them. I'm that woman coming from North Carolina. I felt like this could be the only one in my lifetime I could make it to. So she had to make it. So did this guy. I wouldn't have missed this for the world. I just would not have missed it. So here's what's interesting about these people that have to be there. UK is kind of like, meh. Meh. <laughs> and not only that, like, it, it's almost too obnoxious. The people across Britain who are concerned about the cost and the fact that we're in a cost of living crisis at the moment, they just look at the whole thing and think, well, why are we doing any of this, even if it is smaller? We're still going to celebrate enormous wealth on display in front of us. I mean, we're literally going to parade the crown jewels through London. <laughs> yes, you're going well, to. We have parade. it in a museum. People can just go if they need to. But well, you know, I, I, I hear that argument and the idea that maybe this is tone deaf or whatever. But were we not to do this? Are they selling the crown jewels? Yeah, <laughs> like you know, like they just leave there. them in a museum. Then, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's amazing about all this is that the uh, the parties have already begun. Yeah. And Queen even hosted a garden party at Buckingham Palace, celebrating with members of the royal family. And also some celebrities were there, like Lionel Richie. Lionel's been a longtime friend of the king. Uh, he's also performing at the coronation concert over the weekend. And he's an ambassador for the king's charity, the Prince's Trust. Yeah. Blame it on the... No, that's Millie Vanilli. What, <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> what oh, Lionel my gosh. Richie what are he saying? Uh, a party on the ceiling. Hello? Yes, there it is. is what's, it the, what's the chill one, though? Like that one. Yeah. Say you, say me. Yeah. Is that? So he'll maybe he'll sing some of that. Uh, they will have a coronation procession as well when they come back, back to Buckingham Palace. That's where we'll see the very famous Gold State Carriage. We'll see all the horses. That's a much larger procession that time. So 6,000 military personnel will be part of that procession. This will take a while. <laughs> yeah, it'll be an event. <laughs> then you'll see all the working members of the royal family up on the balcony for that famous balcony shot. There'll be a fly pass from a royal air force and a weekend of celebrations. So the party, of course, will really get going. Shake that. Let's go. <laughs> and then all will return to normal on Monday. What you say, your highness? Let's get out of the dance floor. <laughs> the people shall see you dance. <laughs> Yes. Well, you know my theory on this, that I think this will be the last one, because I just don't see Will, William, doing something this big and, and showy and everything. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, Debbie, because uh, James Longman, who we heard from, he says that he's very curious to see how uh, William plays this, because he is going to he is gonna notice that people aren't as interested. So they would assume that this will be the last one that's done this way. It, it, they've had this type of coronation since 1066. Ah. They assume that there will never be another one like this, that, that William's going to be like, meh. Sitting on the rock. Yep. <laughs> Man, I don't know, though. When you get... It's one thing to say it, and then all of a sudden you're the king. <laughs> hey, I want to put the jewels on, huh? Right. I, I don't want to have somebody put that... I want to sit on the... What is it? The coronation chair? The coronation chair and have the Re-upholster coronation... Reupholster that bad boy. I want yeah. to sit on that a little Dip bit. Dip some oils on me with that coronation spoon. You'll <laughs> be so far removed from that generation that made that all important. You're right. I don't know. King is king. Jill Biden will be there. The first lady, she will be representing the U.S. along with a few fans that come here or coming... Are, Flying over just to... Not to Kamala or Camilla? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I called her Kamala earlier. And there are Queen a lot of Kamala. Royals fans, Camilla. though, in America who are going to tune in to every single moment of this. I'm going to. Yeah, you're getting up for it, Deb? Yeah, yeah, as much as I can. Because, like I said, it's going to be historic. This is going to probably be the last one. And I can say, yep, my grandchildren, yep.
I was there the last coronation. I was in front of the TV. I was watching TV. What's TV, Grandma? Twenty to seven here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Important day for those who protect and serve today. The annual Greater Milwaukee Law Enforcement Memorial Ceremony. This will be at the Wisconsin Center this afternoon. The state has its own ceremony in Madison for officers all across Wisconsin. Uh, this one is Milwaukee County, though it is attended by troopers from State Patrol, agents from some federal agencies as well. City of Milwaukee Assistant Police Chief Nicole Waldner. Today's the reminder that not all of us receive our 25 years of service watch from the union, and not all of us get to have a retirement feed. Those that gave all for our community and for this career that we've all chosen, they get this day. That's Assistant Chief Walner at last year's event. Now today, Milwaukee Police Officer Peter Jerving, who was shot and killed on the job back in February of this year, they will have a moment of silence for him with further honors for Officer Jerving planned for future ceremonies. And of course, you have the Greater Milwaukee Fire and Police Pipes and Drums. Got to have the pipes. All officers who have died in the line of duty are honored on this day, but from year to year, specific stories are highlighted once again. And this year, Milwaukee County Sheriff's deputies Sung Hai Bang and Ralph Zilka are among them. I remember this story well, Eric, probably just before you got here, but I flew a lot in Chopper 4 at the time. Deputies Bann and Zilka were killed when their helicopter went down in August of 2000. Sheriff's Office used to maintain an aircraft. Is they would right? use it in okay. searches and things like that. And uh, they were on their way back from something out in Dodge County, and the chopper went down, and uh, both those deputies were killed. So their names will be mentioned and their stories told today. MPD officers Irvine and, Michals- and Michalski, both killed in 2018, also among those who will be honored today. That's at the Wisconsin Center this afternoon. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Make it four losses in a row for Milwaukee as Charlie Blackman had two hits and two RBIs, and the Rockies used a five-run eighth inning to earn a 9-6 come-from-behind victory to sweep the Brewers on Thursday. Milwaukee now heads to San Francisco for a weekend series with the Giants beginning tonight. First pitch is set for 9-15. Corbin Burns is slated to get the start. After selecting 13 new faces in the NFL draft last weekend, the Packers rookies will descend in Green Bay today and Saturday for Packers rookie minicamp. Following this weekend, the next item on the schedule for Green Bay is organized team activities, which are scheduled to begin on May 22nd. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. After a stunning early playoff exit, the Milwaukee Bucks will begin their search for a new voice after firing head coach Mike Budenholzer. If you hop over on social media, well, one, there's probably your first mistake, and two, most fans over there have clamored for this for many, many years. The Bucks won 391 games under Coach Bud for the past five seasons, earning the league's best record three times. During that time, 
Giannis was pretty good. He won a couple of MVPs. And the Bucks finally brought home the Larry O'Brien Trophy in 2021, a first in 50 years. On the surface, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little surprised to see the breaking news cross my phone last night. But the more I think about it, as tough as it probably was for John Horst, the time was right. I know 2019 was a meltdown after being up two games to none in the Eastern Conference Finals and losing four in a row to the eventual champion in the Toronto Raptors. I'm also aware that 2020 in their weird season ended in round two as well to the Heat during that bubble experience while having the league's best record and number one seed. And after winning it all in 2021, the expectations were, and always should be, championship or bust when you have the roster you do. A first-round exit to a Miami Heat team that, keep in mind, they barely made the playoffs this season, and that doesn't bode well with those high expectations in Milwaukee. It's also worth noting it was the earliest playoff exit for the Bucks during Coach Bud's tenure here. Bottom line, Milwaukee's championship window is still very wide open. Whoever takes over, I believe they will understand that they will be provided those expectations. With Coach Bud out, the Bucks' job now becomes the hottest spot around the league and as much as I will always love and respect Coach Bud, sometimes a new voice is all a good team needs. To me, Coach Bud will always have a seat with Bucks royalty, but regardless, sometimes the right decisions, well, they are the toughest. And this was a right decision by General Manager John Horst. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no, I mean it, yeah, no, I mean it, yeah, no, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, that's, yeah, no, I mean it, yeah, yeah, no, Coach Bud got fired. Wisconsin's Morning News 651 here, bringing in our friend from ESPN Milwaukee, Gabe Neitzel. Till the top of the hour, we got you for five minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, the, go the ultimate show. Midwest coach, though, with the yeah nos. Yeah, no, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah, 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 no, no. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean it. Yeah, no. I mean, we say no, he's, it with love. He's got he's got a sixteen million dollar windfall. I'm 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 okay he's making a, he's a gonna yeah be no okay joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm okay making a yeah no joke every now and then. He did bring a championship here on. He the, did. Uh, he he'll come back to a hero's welcome every time you As see he him should. again. hundred percent. Yeah. He's never going to have to buy a beer in the beer, the Deer District ever again. Right. He'll be fine. You know, it's funny. We were talking too, Gabe, and you know this as a Wisconsinite yourself, whatever team it is, because we're small market wherever we go. So we're always saying, like, hey, whatever it takes to win a championship, we can suck for however many years after that. I want to win a championship. Well, I guess we didn't really put up with that. <laughs> no. but it's two years ago. Yeah, no, but yeah, the, no. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's amazing because so many people have said that, and Chewy says that all the time on our show. I just want to win one, but yet... That's not how it works nah. because a lot of the feedback I've gotten with the Bucks and since they they lost this series a couple weeks ago, oh, they were a fart in a win in 1996 because they couldn't back it up. That was the Packers. 2010 when they won it and couldn't back it up in 2011 when 15 and one and lost. Like when it's easy to say that when you haven't won, but then when you win a championship and you've got a player like Giannis, you're going, oh, mm-hmm. wait, we've got actually a championship window. We can win multiple Dynasty. championships. Exactly. Yes. That's what that's what just starts going through your head because winning the championship becomes addictive. So this was a great move, I think, by the Bucks. It was the, the, the move that they needed to make. The, the window to win with Giannis is certainly larger, but in, in terms of winning with this group, Drew Holiday's not young. He's talking about retiring at the end of his contract. Chris Middleton's not young. Who knows what happens with his deal? Brooke Lopez is a 35-year-old free agent. In terms of those core four, 
that core is not going to be together for the next 10 years. It's it's a tiny window, so a change probably had to be made if you wanted to capitalize on that and maybe win another so championship. So what are we looking for, though? I mean, it's not like this guy doesn't know basketball. It's not like he didn't propel them to a lot of wins. So it's it's not, is it, is it X's fire. and O's? I see, that's More what fight. I see. You well, hear it on your show all the time because Bud didn't lose his mind on the sidelines all the time and get in guys' faces and he wasn't fiery. He was like, yeah, no, everything's going to be okay. That maybe they need more of a firebrand? I felt it was interesting in their statement that they used the words re-energize and refocus. Because that is, yeah, I mean, I I think there was a lack of energy, not even just from Bud, but at the beginning of the series against the Heat, I think there was just kind of a a little bit of a lethargicness that went with this team. So I think that was not not necessarily somebody that's going to be all fired up and getting technicals all the time because (laughs) that person doesn't necessarily exist in today's NBA. And it's fun for a moment, but then there's a guy in the free throw line (laughs) shooting fouls. Yeah, and and the other team has the ball on top of that. It's not great. So I, I don't think there's a lot of people like that, but maybe one that brings a little bit more energy to that locker room and just kind of bolsters up what they currently have so what's the craziest thing that a coach has yelled at either okay. of you so i played division three college baseball at platteville i am a freshman and i am terrified all right our coach yeah. our coach is an intense dude my, my freshman sophomore year he eventually left to go be the pitching coach at purdue so you had a guy who had his hand on the panic button all the time i <laughs> i could just maybe, never left. i guess i never thought about yeah. it that way but he i mean he was intense right and i am like i'm unsure like if you had 30 guys on the roster my freshman year I'm guy like 28 29 30 right sure, I'm on sure. the bottom of it and we're doing this base running drill at the first base side and our baseball field at Platteville at that time was on the edge of campus where there was traffic that would go by like one road kind of led to the field house and locker rooms where we would go change but then you know pretty busy street and it's early you know like I just made the team in in the fall we we're going through our fall ball practices and you know it's like a nice fall Saturday afternoon okay. so there's some traffic and there is the loudest motorcycle that you have ever heard <laughs> that drives by. And he is going through this base running drill at first base. So naturally, because it's a loud, unexpected noise like going by seemingly right by my ear, I turn my head to see what the hell is going on. Nigel, what are you doing? You're one of the bleepers that needs this. <laughs> You're one of the that needs this. You need this drill. I don't want you looking around at the scenery. Just awesome. seared in your memory. Oh, too. yeah, I again, because I, I am an 18-year-old terrified freshman uh, two, three weeks into my first college experience. And I never really had a fire. I mean, I had some intense coaches, but nobody that was going to, you know, yell the F word at you if, you, <laughs> right. if you happen to wander away during a drill, you know, that was, that was my first experience with that. Yeah. That's, that's in my mind forever. I don't know if it was, it wasn't even directed at me, but one of the craziest things I heard in the locker room was super awesome. My football coach in high school, he's a legend in the area, John Richmond. A lot of folks know that name. I was a legendary track coach and football coach. 82nd Airborne Division guy, okay? <laughs> he was yeah. he was old when I was born, right? But he was there forever, <laughs> and I know because my dad coached with him. I knew him since I was little. It's the East-West game my senior year, which is the end-all, be-all in oh, Tosa course. Athletics, sure. right? Because that carried well beyond that game. It's who got to make fun of the other team for the rest of the year. And it was an awful game. It was it was a really hot like fall fall evening. Craig Copeland's grandma, you say, her name for it was Close. It was real humid. The weather was okay. close. So it was just sticky and hot, and the football was terrible. <laughs> Offsides, penalties, just it was bad. It was a right. bad football game. We're at halftime. Our nose tackle was a guy named Steve Maxey, 312 pounds. Oh. 
Big fella. He's got his, he's exhausted. He goes both ways, right? Offense and defense on the line. He's got both legs up on this bench in the locker room at Hart Park, and he's hosing himself off with a water bottle. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he's beat. And we're only at halftime. And he's got a couple of offsides penalties and whatever. So here's Richmond at the front, pacing in front of the chalkboard with a toothpick and his hat that wasn't even like the right team colors anymore. It was so, <laughs> it was so faded. <laughs> and he's walking around and he's, he's talking about the penalties and whatever. He said, Maxie, I don't know how in the hell you can jump offsides. First of all, you're the fifth slowest human being on the planet Earth. And secondly, your nose is right in front of the GD ball. <laughs> <laughs> Ben slowest. That's Fifth a, slowest. That's awfully specific. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't right. asked to define who were the top four. <laughs> no one See, that, that's where I would have, again, like, <laughs> uh, sir, coach, who are yeah. the first four? Who are the first four? <laughs> <laughs> Solid. John Richmond. Legend. What did he say to you? You're the one who needs You're this. You're one of the bleepers that needs this. <laughs> Gabe Neitzel yeah, no, from ESPN yeah. Milwaukee. Great to see you, my friend. Yeah, I can't wait. Every Friday, you, you two bleepers need this every Friday. <laughs> we do need this. And so do you listening.